morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm very pleased to be here today to announce the important steps we are taking to strengthen career education programming for Alberta students and employers. For many students, deciding their future career path can be challenging. As the Minister of Education, I believe students should have every opportunity to pursue their career interests and succeed in Alberta's expanding job market. That's why last July, Alberta's government established the Career Education Task Force. The task force, which included leaders from business and industry, kindergarten to grade 12 education, and post-secondary institutions, was established to review career education programming and provide advice and recommendations to strengthen connections between K-12 schools, post-secondaries, and jobs. Ensuring our students have barrier-free access to resources and skills to succeed in their chosen career path is a priority for our government. In November and December of 2022, the task force heard from more than 4,700 Albertans and education partners through online surveys, in-person and virtual engagement sessions, <clears throat> pardon me, and targeted meetings with education partners. Some key takeaways from these engagement activities included a need for students to learn more soft skills such as communication, problem solving, decision making, and teamwork, while also performing hands-on experience outside of academics. A need for educators and school districts to have greater supports to implement career education programming. And a need for schools to build stronger partnerships with industry and post-secondaries to make sure career education is relevant and connected to student career pathways. Using this insight and the results of their comprehensive career education review, the task force has completed its mandate. The task force's final report includes recommendations and a provincial framework to strengthen career education programming, supports, and accessibility. The recommendations from the task force will create more opportunities for hands-on learning experiences for students while helping to relieve um, employment pressures for industry. The recommendations can be categorized in four main themes. Career education programming, resources for delivery of career education, equitable financial resources for career education, and collaboration between education partners. I'm pleased to share that Alberta Education will be moving ahead immediately with five of these recommendations, including increasing ease of access to off-campus education for all Alberta youth, regardless of where they attend school, reviewing dual credit programming to remove financial, accessibility, and awareness barriers, developing and funding teacher training opportunities for career and technology studies and career and technology foundations, developing and promoting career education scholarships for students, and enhancing how career education programming is measured and evaluated. Over the coming weeks, Alberta Education will work collaboratively with education partners and cross-ministry working groups 
on the development and implementation of these five recommended actions, as well as the evaluation of the remaining recommendations for future considerations. In addition to the recommendations, the report includes a provincial framework that sets the direction for future career education development and delivery in Alberta. The framework ensures students receive improved access to practical, foundational learning opportunities that will boost Alberta's economy. It highlights seven desired outcomes for career education programming, including parity of esteem for all career pathways, simplified delivery of career education without barriers or duplication, and collaborative partnerships that align education and employers. The framework also speaks to how career education could be delivered in Alberta, focusing on three main principles of exploring, experiencing, and transitioning. And the work of the Career Education Task Force will build on some of the key initiatives we've already been driving, including the dual credit startup and enhancement funding grants for school authorities. These programs support eligible Pardon me, these programs support eligible school authorities to offer more dual credit learning experiences for students in grades 10, 11, and 12. We did see some great uptake for the last school year, and I look forward to the new intake dates being posted later this month. Alberta's economy has momentum, and as we continue to focus on diversification, it is, a, it is critical that we prepare tomorrow's skilled and professional workers with the training they need to keep our economy moving forward for decades to come. Thanks to the valuable advice of the Career Education Task Force, we have a plan to move forward with career education improvements that will set our students up for success in the workplace and beyond. And I want to thank my colleague, MLA Shane Getson, and all the members of the task force for their work in strengthening our education system for all of Alberta's children. And I'd now like to turn the podium over to Minister Nicolaitis, the Minister of Advanced Education. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Adriana, thank you so much uh, for today's uh, incredible announcement and for the details of the uh, the task force uh, report. It's a real pleasure to be here with all of you at um, at the fantastic uh, Forest Lawn High School. And uh, I think we can all agree it's a perfect place to host today's announcement because I think as we can all see in the space uh, around us that Forest Lawn High School has a variety of excellent career and technology programs that are helping to prepare students for uh, the jobs of tomorrow, whether it's IT essentials or agriculture to mechanics or legal studies, there's uh, definitely something to interest everyone right here at Forest Lawn High School. These programs offer students the chance to explore and experience different areas of interest, which makes it easier to figure out what they want to do after they graduate, whether that's undertaking further education or entering the workforce. In my role as Minister of Advanced Education, our core focus has been ensuring that all Albertans can access the skills and knowledge they need to build successful careers and join the workforce. 
And to do this, we need to create accessible opportunities and remove barriers to learning, whether they are logistical or financial. That is why our government is taking steps to empower young Albertans to develop job-ready skills and explore different career opportunities. The Career Education Task Force recommendations are an important step forward to ensuring students in junior high and high school are even better prepared to transition into post-secondary education. As Minister of Advanced Education, I am passionate about making sure, regardless of the path chosen, that all forms of education are recognized as holding as much merit as any other post-secondary education. It is up to us all to see the parity of esteem between trades and degrees. Look at it this way. Without doctors, you can't have a functioning hospital. And without electricians, you also wouldn't have a functioning hospital. There is significant value in any form of learning that helps Albertans secure well-paying and stable careers. Through today's announcement and the Alberta 2030 Building Skills for Jobs strategy, we are helping young Albertans gain the skills and knowledge they need to succeed in the future. And with Alberta's economy booming, I have no doubt the opportunities are endless. We are also continuing to build on the largest targeted enrollment expansion in Alberta history by creating over 13,000 spaces for in-demand post-secondary programs across the province. In fact, just last week, we announced an investment of $193 million to create 8,000 new seats in high-demand programs across our province, such as in healthcare, technology, and business, our highest priorities for Alberta's workforce. This investment will ensure that students can access the skills and training they need close to home and build successful careers. As you can see, I think we can all agree that it is indeed an exciting time to be a young person in Alberta. The opportunities are endless. I want to thank the members of the task force for their dedication and commitment and Minister LaGrange for her dedication to providing a stronger education system for Alberta youth. Thank you, and it's my pleasure now to invite uh, David Price with Sentara Group to make a few remarks. Thank you, Minister Nicolaides. Let me uh, start by setting a little bit of context. The benefit of accelerating capacity and technology to collect and analyze data is limited by the ability of people to maximize it. Albertans are well known for our entrepreneurial spirit and our innovative developments in every sector. In order to continue to be competitive and to diversify our economy, we need to understand the potential benefits of this rapid growth in technological capacity and to incorporate them into our continuous improvement processes. The rate of change in the development and use of technology means that we need to ensure that the education and preparation of our students for their chosen careers keeps up. Employers need people that can think about opportunities and challenges and to know how to utilize the new tools 
and methods to determine the safest and most efficient way to meet them. For example, a continuous learning attitude is more valuable in today's world of readily accessible information than memorization is. The fundamentals of being able to respectfully communicate, to think with an open mind, and, and to problem solve and collaborate, collaborate have always been important. The task force with excellent facilitation by MLA Gaston brought forward broad experiential experience and perspectives together to develop a framework and recommendations that will help guide the evolution of the education and training for students for their choices of tomorrow's careers. As a business person and an employer, some of the key recommendations are a purposeful approach to ensure that students are aware of the existing and expanding variety of careers and pathways to them. The elevated level of collaboration with all stakeholders, including increased engagement at the junior high and high school level, post-secondary and especially with employers. The increased in availability and access to off-campus education where we can help students become more aware of what the career opportunities are and what is required to be successful in them. The, the, ex the expansion of the dual credit program obviously plays into that activity as well. As a grandparent and a taxpayer, the opportunities for students to test drive career opportunities earlier before committing to certain pathways helps ensure more confident choices are made resulting in more effective and efficient education and training for those chosen careers. Learning what careers are not preferred as is, is as valuable to reduce future education and training costs to students and family and to business and educators. The close collaboration with employers also ensures that students are exposed to rapidly developing equipment and methods that are not practical to include in traditional educational facilities and methods. Our students' education needs to keep up with the rapid development of the capacity of technology to enable us to continuously improve in health and safety of our families, our communities, and beyond. Careers Task Force Careers Education Task Force report contains many more well thought out recommendations developed by a passionate group of people that I'm proud to have been had the opportunity to work with and learn from. I look forward to the implementation of the recommendations which, will we, which we will believe are foundational to the future success of our students and our employers. I'd like to close by thanking Minister LaGrange for the invitation to be part of this task force and for her collaborative approach to the development of a pathway to the future careers education and training of Albertans. Now I'd like to invite our facilitator and task force leader, MLA Shane Getson, to provide his comments. Those are tough acts to follow. 
and uh, I'm very thrilled and honored to be able to lead the task force. And Minister LaGrange, thank you for giving uh, me and the task force so much rope. Uh, she gave us a ton of latitude to be able to work the problem and come up with some very good solutions. And the minister surrounded me with some fantastic people, um, different stakeholders from industry to post-secondary education to secondary education to superintendents. We were allowed to engage with Alberta as a whole, as the public, to get their input all the way along this, uh, as well as some of the student advisory boards that were out there, which I can't say enough for. Uh, I was also fortunate enough to be part of uh, Minister Nicolaides' uh, career education, uh, well, this career education task force, but the skill trades task force. So for me, this is almost going tip to stern of, of looking at that pathway. But one of the things that we had to talk about of uh, period of esteem, I think this shop is a perfect example. So when you look behind us, we're in, an, in a shop, but at the same time, you're looking at that service or that package. Everything that goes into forming or making one of these cars, these, these vehicles behind us, includes everything from chemistry to uh, electricity to um, engineering to the actual technical uh, work that goes into it, keeping these things up and running. All of that is required, and all of those skill sets should be transferable along those different streams. That's really what the Career Education Task Force started to look at as a whole. How does an individual fall into an industry and then allow them to transfer between one stream to the next? And when you realize that the person working next to, next to you has just as important role to have that finished product, man, do things light up. Outside of this, we found that our oil and gas industry is an example with all the skills and the, the sets that we have there, all the education that we have in that workforce, 80% of those skill sets are transferable to aerospace and aviation. And hence, we have to have them down south right now or down in this area constructing airplanes. These are some of the things that people should really be excited about. Sky's the limit when it comes to education on this. And even though that, uh, you know, they say uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to come up with something like this, we did actually have an aerospace engineer who actually was from a space agency provide input into this task force as well. So we weren't going to leave any stone unturned. So with that, I'm just pleased as punch to see these recommendations we made, 21 of them, five are coming out immediately and setting up the framework for honestly the best thing that we can do for Albertans, make sure that they can find their careers in a quick manner, be able to adapt and move, meet the upcoming challenges and needs of our economy, and make sure that Alberta stays on top for not only now but in the future. Thank you very much, Minister LaGrange. Thank you so much, uh, Emily Getson, and thank you to both our ministers and our distinguished guest, David Price, today. We'll now go to media questions. We'll start in the room and then go to the phone lines. Please identify yourself and the outlet. We'll, uh, you'll have the opportunity to ask one question, one follow-up. First question in the room. Helen Pike, CBC. I'm just uh, getting caught up on the press release, but uh, what work is it going to take to implement these, you know, especially with an election coming up? Well, that's why we felt it was very important because I just received the final report uh, just uh, actually just last week. So I wanted to make sure that we got it out as quickly as possible so that everyone could look at it and make sure that uh, the items that we're able to, to move forward on, these five items that we listed, we're going to move forward right away. They can start in September of 2023. Um, we already have dual credit funding of $4 million allocated, have an additional about a half a million dollars allocated for scholarships and a few of the other initiatives. And then the remainder of the recommendations, we're going to dig in a little deeper and see what else needs to, to happen. So that work can continue on uh, while the election is, is moving forward and then pick up 
steam right after that. We don't want to lose any of the momentum of the great work that was done by this task force because it is so required. We know that in Alberta, we are going to be short a minimum of a, about approximately um, 30,000 trades in the next decade, and that's just a minimum. So we need our young people to have as many opportunities as possible. I was with the uh, Minister's Youth Advisory Council Friday and Saturday. This was one of the hot topics. They want to see, um, now they haven't seen the report yet, but they had input into the discussions around the report. Uh, the task force met with them, and they are excited to see what the possibilities are for their future. In September then, what will the difference be for a student um, who has been in this programming uh, currently, or is in this program currently, and then a new student kind of um, stepping into uh, these kind of career stream uh, courses? Well, there won't be too much difference just yet, other than that uh, we'll have access to scholarships. We're going to continue with the dual credit. We're going to um, provide additional training for teachers, those type of things. Those are some of the quick um, areas that we can act on the recommendations. But what they will see is that there will be an expanded opportunity. There will be a lot more discussion happening on what the future possibilities are. So a lot more work has to happen following this report, but this report signals that we are moving in the right direction. It will also trigger uh, for the 24-25 school year budget uh, possibilities uh, that have to be explored and funding envelopes that have to be explored as well. Thanks so much, Minister. We'll move to the next question in the room. Hi, Colette Doors with the Canadian Press. Um, we heard at the Premier's press conference on Friday that she was only allowing one question at press conferences from now on. Does that not apply to the rest of the ministries? Well, you know what? I, I know the Premier uh, gets asked many more questions than I get asked when she's at a press conference. So uh, my understanding is that uh, given the fact that she'd like to have more reporters able to, um, to ask her questions, that that uh, is in place for herself. But right here, right now, I am here. You can ask me one question and one follow-up. What do you think of the policy that the Premier is not allowing us to clarify questions or get, um, get clear answers on, on issues? Well, I, as, as I said earlier, the Premier has uh, many, many questions and she wants to get to as many questions. And so the ability to have more and more uh, reporters ask their questions will certainly uh, be a benefit to everyone. Thanks, Minister. Uh, any other questions in the room today? All right, Operator, we're going to move to the phone lines. Can you please put through the first question? Dean Bennett, Canadian Press. Hi, it's a question uh, for either Minister. So I think you'd agree, though, that there's a reason we have these follow-up questions, right? Because otherwise, if you decide in your first question just to deliver talking points or not answer at all, the second question can ask for clarification or challenge you. So is that not really the reason the Premier is doing this? Is so you got, she can avoid actually having to be, to, to clarify her questions and, and uh, explain what she's talking about? Isn't that really what's going on rather than this logistics thing? I don't believe that to be true at all. I've seen the Premier answer many questions and very difficult questions. Uh, the Premier simply is wanting to reach as many uh, outlets and as many reporters uh, and uh, interviewers who want to ask questions. And I know as the election ramps up, that's gonna be more and more. Uh, so I, I would disagree with that statement. Dean, do you need to clarify your first question? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Minister Nicolaides, what do you think? I mean, uh, what does this say about a leader who uh, 
doesn't want to take a follow-up question to perhaps challenge what they said initially. Is this, uh, is this leadership to you? Sure. Um, thanks, Dean. I appreciate the question. I think, you know, as Minister Lagrange mentioned, um, you know, there's, um, there are a lot of folks, a lot of Albertans, a lot of members of the media who uh, want to ask the Premier specific questions on a variety of different topics. So uh, I think that, um, you know, in, 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 that, uh, in that approach, the, the Premier can try to address as many different questions from many different media outlets on, on a variety of different topics, because with the um, election coming up, I think, you know, Albertans and, and media have, um, have a range of questions on a variety of different topics, and, and I think that, that that approach can help ensure that uh, the broad, uh, broad scope is covered and, and uh, many different uh, topics are able to be, uh, questions are able to be raised on a variety of different topics and, and answers delivered for them as well. Thanks so much, Minister. Operator, we'll move to the next question. Alex McQuay, Western Producer. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is a question for Minister LaGrange. Um, you mentioned uh, expansion of uh, recommendation for expansion of off-campus uh, learning opportunities. Uh, we, the Western producer was recently uh, provided with some course material from such an off-campus um, institute. Uh, a lot of it is questionable. Uh, part of it, especially when it comes to uh, Alberta's ranching industry. Some of it links the deaths of, uh, let's see, quote, almost a dozen children um, to the cattle industry. Who currently vets or approves some of this curriculum from these off-campus uh, learning academies? And, uh, and will that change anytime soon? <clears throat> Well, in the K-6 curriculum, we did uh, further add uh, agriculture into the science curriculum, and that will be starting uh, to be implemented here in September. Um, as a farmer myself, my husband and I have a family farm. It's been there since 1942. Um, I understand the need. I, I used to be the zone coordinator for the classroom agricultural program for Central Zone and understand the need for young people to understand where their food is coming from and how it's produced. And, uh, you know, farmers are good stewards of the land, the water, and the air because that is their, their business. It, it, it helps them to grow the crops and the animals that uh, feeds this world. <clears throat> so as part of the department uh, the commitment, we do look at resources. That being said, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. I would love to take that offline, and if there's incorrect information, we want to correct it. I know that uh, we've been in discussions with Ag for Life and a number of other uh, innovative, creative opportunities for agriculture to be involved within our schools and within the curriculum process and, in, and provide resources, so I'll, I'll continue to work on that. But uh, happy to, to take that offline and, and dig into what you're specifically referring to. Thanks, Minister. Well, Is there a follow-up question? Yeah, well, I have sent the course material to your office uh, last week, um, and I, I guess the question is: is 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 there any is there anyone vetting this material? Uh, I mean, this is we taught we interviewed uh, we shared this course material with some egg industry uh, experts and, and leaders, and they're mortified about some of this material that's being taught to Alberta students. I mean, is there anyone actually vetting this material? Well, that is the, I have over 500 people in my department of which there is a, a subset that looks at resources and, um, and also 
determines what is going to be authorized and put into the curriculum. Beyond that, teachers do have the ability to, to choose resources themselves and bring them into the classroom. That being said, we want to make sure that the information that is taught to our students is the most accurate, most up-to-date. Recently had a conversation with uh, Robert Sake and his organization. Um, they are really looking at trusted uh, agriculture uh, individuals who can provide resources and supports to teachers to ensure that, that the information that they are sharing with students is up to date. But those uh, conversations are very preliminary at this point in time. So we are continuing to look at and vet materials, but teachers do bring in their own resources as well. So again, not having seen specifically what you're talking about, it's hard for me to add additional comments, but we will dig into it. And, and if there's inaccurate information, we will absolutely make sure that's corrected. Thanks so much, Minister. That's all the time we have today for questions. Uh, again, thanks everyone for your attendance today. Thank you, everyone.